the wand, a puff of smoke, and the magic man pulls one out of the hat. I still, still can't believe it happened. Welcome to the Marura's Magic Podcast, the first one of 2023. You tell it's a bit early for podcasting, Zabe, because she's hot. Oh, bloody hot, Selvin. It doesn't help that you and I have just scrambled around nine holes of golf. It's 37 sh- degrees. I told my wife I'm not playing golf this week. I don't know yeah, what it is about yeah, golf. Yeah. She... I don't know whether she must think there must be strippers, scotch <laughs> and cigars. Because when I say golf, mate, she hits yeah. it. is realistically in the middle of nowhere. Four blokes. Four blokes trying to hit this ball. Not very well more often. <laughs> Try humping around a flag post when someone gets a putt in. No, it's she, a, she doesn't like it. It's a good thing she doesn't But we'll really get listen. dropped off at the pub, no dramas. But you mentioned golf, it's World War Three. Good thing she doesn't listen to my podcast. So uh, hopefully we get away with that one. But yeah, Xavier, for those who haven't heard us before, the voice you hear on the other end, I'm Selby, the host. Zave on with us for another year. Yeah, another year, mate. So, and then for those that are following... Uh, I'm shit house at uh, fantasy. Enjoy playing. Uh, lost a bottle of Grange to my little brother last year in a head-to-head battle. But uh, Selby, for you, uh, you jumped over to Super Coach and it was pretty, uh, pretty good in the end for you. Yeah, finished eighth in the end. Super Coach, this podcast and when Zabe comes involved, the main focus is AFL fantasy. I'll be doing a separate one for those who have jumped on board for the Super Coach content, which we'll provide again this year as we did. Last year, a bit of a shake-up with it all. Uh, but, yeah, this one will solely, solely be talking fantasy. Fantasy. So the way it works, obviously, it's early in the season. The game hasn't even opened yet. Warney's yet to press that big button. Everyone's sitting there waiting for him to press. So it is early, early Jan. Remember last year work, um, Triple M had the camera behind me. Do you remember that video that went that they put out of the oh, amount yeah. of time I'm spending on yeah. AFL Fantasy. I didn't know they were recording. <laughs> and every day I was trying to talk to someone and I was literally on AFL Fantasy picking my team over and over and over and then, and then trying to converse with the caller. Yeah, that's right, Margaret. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, as I'm picking, <laughs> as I'm picking Tom Mitchell. <laughs> so you had no excuse that uh, then nah, you I'm still shocked. dished that what you did. So the way this is going to work, uh, this is a free one on Spotify. We'll be doing a few of these throughout the pre-season. So... This is more just a bit of an intro, a bit of a recap of last year, because what a lot of coaches do, they just go through to the next year and just do exactly the same things like you've seemed to do in those last couple, whereas we look back, reflect yeah. what worked last year, potentially what we can take from that to this year. We'll be doing in the next week or so a early look at the best 22, who I think the best six forwards, defenders, eight mids, two rucks are going to be mm-hmm. for this upcoming season. Then we'll do another, probably a player request, or a more player-specific coming in just before we launch the season guide, which is on track for early Feb. And when it kicks into that, into gear there, then the podcast will be associated with the season guide. Absolutely. And looking forward to another year. It is funny. I look at footy so much different now. Try and keep an actual professional sort of lens over it for work. But, geez, I love a couple of cheapies. Yeah, we get oh. those. We love those cheapies. So with that too, like this time last year, I think what's 5th of Feb we're recording, or 5th of Jan, for anyone who's, who's following... I think this AFLW kicked off the 6th of Jan this time last year. So right now, this time last year, we're, me and the poor old wonkster, buried under it trying to get this AFLW off the mark and couldn't give enough focus this season. Guy, whereas this year, clean running it. I've made some really good tweaks. I'm excited to get that one out there. There's a few big enhancements to it and I'm, uh, I'm hoping you're going to like that when it's out yeah. early Feb. Uh, and for those who don't, Normally get involved in the... Well, firstly, the season got it is available right now for pre-order, if you haven't already. Right. And 100% of the proceeds of the pre-order, up to four wishes, will be donated to Starlight. So jump on board that. And just to clarify, if someone is sitting there going up to four wishes, if wish isn't $50, is it? What's, what's a wish? Yeah, six and a half. So it ends up being six and 26. And a half, yeah. Potentially try to match what we 
did last year. Um, and then there's also for those who, who, for whatever reason, don't want to do that, we've also got a free newsletter which we've introduced, and that's already with two editions. They're called no, issues. Two uh, issues. Two issues of the newsletter. Uh, or you could have two editions. So jump on the website, you can sign up for free and get access to some content. We'll be producing all through the pre-season and even potentially throughout the season a, a bit of uh, some free material there as well. So a bit of expansion happening over at the HQ. Yeah, nice. So as I mentioned today, it's more just a recap of what happened last year, what worked, so then we can, when we're sitting there building our sides, when Warney presses that button, we have an early when idea. When is Warney pressing it? Well, I think it's, normally it was before Christmas last year, which really caught us off guard. So I think they're trying to integrate something with the tipping and this, the NFTs they're throwing around there. And all oh, sorts of, she just give us a straight so up and Warney's a bit stressed there and sweating, but it will hopefully happen soon. But when you do, so we've been talking about this for a while now, and it's been on the back of when I've landed on the form which I think works in fantasy AFL which unlike what it used to be was pick who you think is the best player in each position and then fill the rest with rookies it's now just a matter of every player in your team the best teams the ones who win are those who pick players who improve on what they're coming Mm. the year priced at just roughly sorry before you do yo the two years you won fantasy of the 30 you originally picked how many do you reckon increased in value I've got all that nah nah there's Oh, from the starting squad, I've got it all there. I should have it up. It's it's an article in the but uh, just roughly anyway. In the, maybe two, didn't, two didn't, two didn't. Yeah, and they might have been like a nat five with an early injury, and oh, there was someone else. But the, the, the part of the season, one of the articles, if we look back and this year just gone, we look at the top ten teams, how they started, get some correlation amongst yeah, right. them. And as I said, it's not targeting mm. those people who used to love saying, "Oh, this person must have. He's going to finish top in that line or mm. best six. You look at the. The competition-winning picks, or the best picks of last year, was a Will Brody. Oh, absolutely. Who was the ninth best forward. So he wasn't even a top six forward. And when he, by the time he'd slowed, people had already made the money on him. But Patrick Cripps, who come offline, he was the 17th best midfielder for the season. But uh, still, those teams in the top ten, they owned him early. Yeah. He was a competition Darcy Cameron, 11th best ruck. Competition-winning pick. Sicily, 7th best defender. Rosie, late 15th best forward. So, no longer are the days where yeah. you're like, we need to pick the best player in their position because you're going to hold them all year. You've got so many trades throughout the year. You can buy, sell, buy, sell, and eventually have that team of best between two come the end of the year. Mm. But you just need to get those players. Like a Will Brody was priced at 46, went at 96. Patrick Cripps, price 82, went at 102. And Darcy Cripps was 69. stiff early with that hamstring. Yeah, should have been more bigger than that. Yeah. So when, and uh, Sicily, 61, 96. So... These are the picks you want to be doing. So it's it's not about who's the best in those positions. We're going to look at why players might get that bump and be the Will Brody, Cripps, Cameron of last year. And then on top of that, the actual home runs, I mentioned it earlier, but the, the real competition winning picks are those who are priced well below what they end up going at. Mm. And they end up going at top six, top yeah, best 22 yeah. numbers, and then you keep them for the year. So there was four of them last year, which was a Jack Sinclair, second best defender in AFL fantasy. Uh, he was priced at 79, went at 103. And he's a bit of an anomaly. Like, his breakout didn't come from a role change, didn't come from a new team, didn't come from a third, fourth year new coach. It was just... Well, you finished second in the best and fairest the year before. Yeah, and was averaging 79. Yeah. yeah, and you would have thought that was almost capacity for Sinclair. Uh, Andy Brayshaw ended up the third best mid of 2022. He came in priced at 104. So, again, there were certain coaches and people who went out there and paid the million bucks for a Took Miller, mm. a Jack Steele... Andy Brayshaw was priced 10 less than him, which meant that you could, on the other end, have one extra mid-pricer up to a premium or rookie up to a mid-pricer 
and you get better output too. Yeah. So it's all about saving less on those big dogs, getting the same output. And he came in price at one of her one one twelve. What do they say? Worst house on the best street. That's what you're hunting yeah. for. George Hewitt, he came in price at 64, ended up being the sixth best defender. So, again, he was a, a keeper for the until he started having those yeah, calf injuries. issues. And yeah. then Cornelio was the other one. Price at 83, ended up being the sixth best forward and a keeper. So, they're the home runs. You need to nail them. And everyone says must-have, must-have, yeah. must-have. They are the must-haves, the ones which are underpriced who then become a top line in their position. But there's not a heap of them. The bigger number is those who have been a competition-winning pick but aren't even... Best 22. Of the top three last year, midfielders or whatever, how many of them finished in the top six off the top of your head? Like a steel. Uh, Were they? they steel wasn't in the end. He had a slow nah. one. Tuke Miller was up then. He, he had a great season. Going. He had that, yeah. had that slow start. And then it was a Jared Lyons who was the third most expensive going into it. And then he had a, a massive, massive, massive mm. full from grace. So he won't be happy with Dunkley heading to Brisbane. Well, we'll talk yeah. about him soon because looking at these numbers and, and the ones I mentioned, because we want to now know, well, how did these – out of those, how many names did I say? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. How did those 10 players improve by yeah. that significant amount? Like, where was the opportunity come from? And a big one, and a big learning is the new team. Mm. Someone arrived a new team. So, Will Brody went from Gold Coast. We never played more than eight games in a season. But he also had um, circumstances with a Jewel Brownlow medalist not playing. You know it what I mean? so, so he's not playing that position of Fife's playing. Yeah, but it, he wouldn't have played 24 games if he started at the Gold Coast, you wouldn't have thought. So he no, 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 he got the kick, absolutely, and also circumstances with um, Fife. Yeah, George Hewitt, who went from a best ever season, and you've mentioned this before, he won their best and fairest. One or second, yeah, whatever it was, yeah. Best ever season, 76, new club, new role, new opportunity, went with a 98, so... Yeah. And then Jordan Dawson's another one, arrived at a new club, career best season, went from an 89 to a 101, so... It's, it's a big change. It's, you've, you've done it. You've traded. And probably, unfortunately, I don't want to rub it. You, you didn't hit your best footy at West Coast because no. you had the, you, you arrived first game, with injuries. First, first game I did. Just I had something like 23 touches in the first half uh, in the, against Frio in the tracky game. And then that was it. Goodbye, Irene. Fucking hopeless. You arrive at a new club. You want to impress. No, you've you? got to impress. You've got to be fit. Uh, Think of some names that have gone to a new club this year. Tom Mitchell, he felt probably a little bit unloved at Hawthorne. Uh, Brownlow medalist midfielder. I know we're going to talk about these players. Taranto, probably just people I think at the moment would say hasn't reached his capacity. We're going to talk about these players, but they're definitely going to clubs to prove a point. Yeah, we'll, we'll might as well talk yeah. about them now. But just so you can't, one, prove a point, but also this team who's got them in obviously sees something in him and back him yeah. in. So they'll say, George, you'd rather than you just playing your halfback flank for Swans. We see you as an inside mid. We need that person yeah. to support Paddy Cripps take and feed out to Walsh. We'll get you in there. So you come in there with a bit of confidence. You mm. want to impress. Yeah, and you, and also I reckon sometimes and your price packet changes a little bit. So you go from earning a, a shitload at your old club maybe and then you've had a little rough run with injuries. You get docked a bit of pay uh, or you feel like you're getting overpaid at the new club. Whatever. There's also the, the livelihood of I need to perform. Yeah. Yeah, because this is if you can't perform here, then you've had. Yeah, your, you've had. Then you're on your third team. There's not many. I know. I know. Tom Mitchell's one we're going to talk about moving to his third. Well, let's team, look. The, yeah. let's, let's look the numbers. So Tom Mitchell, you mentioned that he fell out a bit of a favour. Was it favour as a player? Was more the way Sam kids, Mitchell wants kids, to go. Kids, kids. Hawthorne need to be bad. There's an, obviously a new team coming, so you don't want to run into the dramas of um, clubs that had when Gold Coast and, and the Giants were coming in where. You're down the bottom of the ladder, but you're not getting the picks because the, the new club gets the picks. So 
No, they needed to get games into Ward and, and those sort of at new draftees. Yeah, Newcomb. Uh, Newcomb. Ward uh, was getting a run in there. Yeah, and uh, Morrison on the, on the wings. Like, yeah, so for Tom Mitchell, uh, him having 35 possessions was not going to help Hawthorne in the future. Yeah, so he's gone from a 53 centre bounce last year. He now arrives at Pies. You imagine he's... Cause they were so who, who's Collingwood's midfield? I oh, know, and we loved them, and we loved what they did last year. It was the 35-year-old who, who got pick, one pick after you. Got to go back to uh, two picks after me. Two picks after Thank you. Me. Sorry, Josh Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so his pendles would probably go back. And he did go to halfback a little bit uh, earlier in the year, and the crisper was around Crisper halfback. who won their best and fairest in the midfield, but he, he's not your natural. No. And I reckon the crisper might have got a little hurry along halfway through the year um, to get cracking. Uh, so uh, straight away, you go... To go, he... They probably want him more forward. Yeah. He, they were the leading CBAs, those. And I hope Dacos stays at halfback. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being a dominant person in a position. Like Dacos, I'm sure he'll be a good midfielder. But I played with a guy called Grant Birchall who had no aspirations to be a midfielder. Uh, Corey Enright, another one who hadn't, probably didn't have the great aspirations to be a midfielder. But they had aspirations to be the best halfbacker in the game. And they're bloody good footballers. So, like, what's wrong with Dacos just being an out-and-out superstar off halfback? So when then do you buy into game plan and a, a team's structure and system like the Pies last year where they had no player who averaged more than 90? They had, we mentioned the Chris, he was in the 80s, Pendles in the 80s. They never had those big 35 possession games. Yeah. They were very much... Except for Dacos who went off his head a couple of times. Incredibly. Yeah, on the, so do you see someone like a, a Tom Mitchell, will he be able to go and get his 35 yep. like we've seen in the yep. past. Yeah, a lot of teams use that, you know, hit on, knock on, move on or whatever it is. Hawthorne weren't really playing like that. Whereas Tom Mitchell can slide in on his knees like he does, pick it up and flick it forward. And that's part of just getting the ball moving forward. I think Hawthorne were trying to develop a game plan, whereas the game plan at Collingwood we've seen is already established. It was a prelim final uh, last year. I, I certainly think Tom Mitchell is going to be a massive part. He can't play anywhere else. Yep. I don't want him to play anywhere else. They want him to be midfield. Gone to a team in the window who was... In the window, surprisingly. They've got a good team. And I don't know. I'm just going to put it out there. I think he can win the Brownlow. Yeah, well, yeah you're speaking of a man who might already be invested. Uh, Dunkley, gone up to Brisbane. Yeah, I don't think he's a match winner. <laughs> um, but Brisbane, it makes Brisbane better in terms of actual football team, not fantasy. McCluggage, that means it might move him out a little bit. I think he needs to be out in space. I absolutely love McCluggage. But when he's caught in the midfield, it's just big body on big body, and that's what Dunkley will do. So Dunkley, I think, goes in there, maybe a little bit of a rotation with a uh, Bailey and a uh, Rayner. I would think that might be a little threesome there, that they might do a few bits and pieces. But I don't know. I'm not a big Dunkley man, other than I love the way he plays. But if I'm chips in on more Tom Mitchell's role than, uh, than what the Brisbane Lions might be doing. Yeah, but the thing is they need him as... The Dunkley as the midfielder Dunkley. They haven't got him to be that mark. Yeah, but they also need Rayner to be the uh, uh, Petrarca slash Dusty Martin role as well. I think he still could be that with with a Neil. You know, I get that, but then Neil's not moving. Yeah. So Neil's staying. Dunkley. And then the other two. Because I'm with you. I think they worked out the year before. They were just a bit too slow with Jared Lyons in there with the things. So he's since moved out. Zorka, who's been that potentially Petrarca yeah. to go in terms of goal-kicking midfielder. Well, he must be 35. He's, old, he's been pushed out. Then they just thought, well, maybe McCluggage, he's got those good 
He's far better on the wing, as we've seen. He's far better having 25 so he'll disposals. push back. So I think Dunkley's going to be... And he's, a, he's been a 50% CBA man for a lot of years now as the frustration of many fancy coaches. 40% in 2020 and 2021, 50% last year. And we're talking a man who can... He averaged 110, 133. Yeah. He's, he can score as well as any. So I think he's going to be a Dunkley, midfield Dunkley. And and be a name we'll talk this time next year about it'll someone be, who can... It'll be interesting what they do, so, so with, you've got to look at those uh, first rounds of two of practice matches, don't you? Yeah. To see what FaZe is going to do. Because they've got... They've, yeah, no, he, they've certainly got those players, that the, um, the, pow, the power player that needs to be going in there more because they haven't got that player at, at, a, at a good level. Another player who's moved clubs who will be fighting against Dunkley for this leading forward position is a Tim Taranto who's come from a slightly different structure where you watch the way Giants played and I'm not sure what Leon was doing and what control he had but when we talk about um, knock, and knock it on and low possession game style the rest those uh, GWS could just chip mark they were just padding yeah. stats for the last five what years What game did they play when they were underdogs and it was uh, Kangaroos that was an atrocious game style. So he, but on the flip side, he's proven in the t- past he's had 111, 107 when he's getting this inside midfield. When we say inside midfield, the Giants is amongst eight still, so he's only getting 40%. Yeah. But also, it, the ball doesn't go to the inside there. It's on the, it's on the outside. So it now goes to a team, Richmond, who also are pretty cotchins getting over. Colin would like to, they, that sort of style. But also weak in the midfield. Yeah. So he, he'll likely. Be an inside mid for them. I, I don't. I'm obviously not a fly on the wall there, but I would think that would mean Dusty Martin plays more forward. Yeah, I think you'd, you're praying you can get, um, you know, maybe 45 goals out of Dusty as a forward, uh, and Taranto playing in there. I mean, that's a pretty good um, high five on the way. What running back to a centre bounce? Dusty goes in for one or two. Taranto goes forward for one or two. Swaparoo. I think Taranto will be their lead player this year. Um, Bolton is that the the Dugowie, Petrarca type player that goes forward mid. I reckon Dusty might be a bit more um, forward, but I don't know. I, I think that's an outstanding recruitment for Richmond. Yeah, and I think Tim Taranto. Did you know Tim Taranto could run? I didn't know until I saw he won the time. He trial, won the time trial. Big, big. big won the time. Tri- big old Macintosh was chasing ass at the back there, but like I, I was shocked by that. And I think that can only mean one thing. Yeah. That off-season trade period was a, a big one for those fancy coaches. Now we're looking at players who could get that big kick we've been wanting, which is a Tom Mitchell, Tarano and Dunkley, and all three should get that big boost. Hopper was another one who made the move. I, I was all in on Hopper a couple of years ago. Didn't realise he was maybe two or three or years yeah. older than what he was. But again, another one who could... Their midfield could easily be big Nankar, uh, Taranto, Hopper, and maybe a Bolton or someone. Uh, early early in the season. Yeah. Well, so Hopper's the one who, all through that period of was he was still getting these inside opportunities, and I think he was just averaging... But he missed a lot, he missed a lot of footy. He was an Ollie Wines where he never doesn't get enough on the outside. But one thing, we go back to my learnings now, we just mix around. The learning is that players can actually just improve. Like, normally I'd write him off, oh, he's just too much of an inside mid, or his points per minute is too low, or his role was here. We saw it with Ollie Wines in 2021 where he... Started getting found on the outside, the went from a 90 average player to a 110. Yeah. And then last year, like Paddy Cripps, who we thought, oh, he caps out at that yeah. low 100 mark. He was bursting, he was taking bounces, he was kicking goals. So players can't improve and you just, another, yeah, you just can't be too stubborn in terms of writing people off. So I've written Hopper Rocks, I don't think he can get it on the outside, but he's See, one. I think the, he can when he's fit. 
Yeah, but he's been what fit he, before. What, his yeah. best ever season is averaging 92. But what was his... He would have had patches in 75 there. 75 CBAs. He was having patches in there where he was high, finding a lot of footy. Yeah, but still wasn't scoring fancy points. He just gets Yeah, no, but he just needs, he needs some continuity. But yeah, that's back to the learning. So you, uh, Sinclair was the other one where that breakout came from. George Hewitt, when we thought a career best season of 79. How's he ever going to come and be a relevant player and averaging 100? So players mm. can improve. So that's a, another little learning from last year. But just getting back to... The less relevant movers from that trade period. Grundy to Melbourne, your thoughts on that move? No, dartboard, it's a guess. Yeah. I wouldn't go near it. Because he's not a forward. It, but how would, yes, he's not a forward, neither is Max Gorn. So how do you play those two? Well, Max is the better up. But they did it last year, Mel, with Luke Jackson. I, I can't work out how that's going to work. Uh, we love Max Gorn. Mm. Best ruckman in the competition. But if he's having a shot from 35... Set shot, are you penciling it in or are you sitting there going, this could go anywhere? Anywhere. That's so he's not really like. a forward, is he? And he, if you're seeing Big Grundy lope out of full forward, are you thinking, oh, he's going to take this pack mark? <laughs> Doesn't take pack marks. So it's, it's I, I can't, I, imagine if they had the third man rule still. Yeah. And he's had two and then it's game on. But uh, yeah. I reckon you'll see Max, he's at his best behind the footy taking these marks, Grundy's best around the grounds using his running capacity. I reckon you'll see Max taking the ruck, then pushing back like Stanley did last year for uh, Cats, and then Blitzarves being that sort of roam around ruckman around the ground doing his tackles and doing his thing there. So Just looking a bit of jagged hop, jagged yeah, back hopper. to Hopper. You've been on Hotter Hopper before. 32, 26, 26, 130, 35 and 1, 28, 31 and 1, 41. When did he have 41 touches? He had 41. Gold Coast, they lost. He had 27 kicks, 14 handballs. 11 clearances. 2021. Uh, one thing with the Pies, we mentioned the competition winning was uh, Darcy Cameron last year. Them getting McStay might mean we might not see Mason Cox as much. And then yeah. Darcy Cameron Darcy's the comes man. into uh, to some calculations. That's the more relevant one with the Grundy move. O'Meara, who knows, but we can talk about him more as it goes less. I, I think he's in for a good year. I think he is too. Yeah. And it's be surprised to see... When you know you had a team of Will Brody, Sarong, and Will Brody, Sarong, and Andy Brayshaw. Well, Brayshaw's as outside as any player in the competition. No, no, but in CBA wise, like he starts in the middle. You'd be surprised how much opportunity from sixty-five percent game time David Mundy got last year, and that was sixty-five. He every time he was on the ground, he was in the centre bounce. O'Meara will go past. What's what I mean? So O'Meara's going to be seeing those 65 of Mundy's potentially more because he'll be playing more game time than Mundy's 65%. Yeah. So he's a small one just to, to keep an eye just on. Just keep uh, watching act. The only thing, and he needs to improve his game because he's never, a bit like Walsh, he um, wines from back of the day, he's never been a 105 player. I think his best ever season might be even be a 99. Um, but they're the, they're the main ones from the off-season since we've... Last year, which I think will make a big impact, as we saw from last year, they were the ones who made a big impact. The other... Uh, in terms of learnings, who scored well in some of those names, like Sicily was a was a performer and he was good and the reason why he was so underpriced is because he was 30% discount because he missed the full mm. season. So in terms of coming off an injury... Have you got any of those in top of your mind? I know we're sort of on the fly. None fresh off a, a full season discount, but it's more just to know that some people say, oh, he's come off an injury, you can't be picking him. Yeah. But he just goes out and has a career best years. But what the difference between that, you can't just have that hard, fast rule because someone like a Matt Crouch, who I thought was going to do pretty well, same mm. thing, 30% discount, had a shocker. So difference between yeah. one of them had a full pre-season. He had his, I think he was doing training before, 
Sis, like we could have played the back end of the year. Back end of the year yeah. before. So the importance of pre-season is huge, whereas Matt Crouch had those soft tissue groins harder yeah. to come back and, from. And I agree with Sisley on this, and we, I it, uh, noted on the podcast many times, one of my favourite players in the competition, if not favourite. Uh, how he tweeted, players shouldn't get credit at disposal for kick-ins. Yeah. And I still simply think, and don't anyone DM me saying it's hard. No, it's not. You run and just kick it long. That's all anyone ever does. It's the easiest thing in the world. And, and Sisley was like, you should not get a disposal for that. And I agree wholeheartedly. And then this year when Sis was kicking in. Yeah, hands. Oh. <laughs> uh, so the, between him and Crouch, the difference with the full presence, the importance of pre-season is I don't think you can – you've been had injury really I, I wouldn't be taking a punt on anyone with the injury clouds. Like your pre-season. best season was that premiership year yeah. of 08. Yeah. And how was your pre-season then? Full as a ball. Full as a ball. Then injured hip, yeah. So that's a new added to the season guide. There's a, a filter or an icon. Yeah, for track in, that. Interrupted, interrupted pre-season and then also for uh, for strong pre-season. So uh, that's a little minor enhancement we've done because that was a big learning from last year looking at the difference. But then again, then you can see Sam Doherty who this time last year was oh, not even Remember walking. that photo? And then he ended um, up being the, the best defender at that all. Was in, so that was incredible. What a story that I is. I can't actually explain how he went there. And then... Learning, I think team system, we spoke about a bit when we mentioned the Pies and how you reckon Tom Mitchell's going to go in there, but the team system seemed more important than ever. So the two of the best three teams in the comp, Collingwood and Geelong, probably the best three from last year, mm. didn't have a relevant player or best 22 player no. in terms of fantasy-wise because they were just playing, bought into team footy, mm. low possession game style. Um, Geelong, who used to have good players. But that'll suit it. Tom Mitchell, picking it up and kicking it. Yeah. Doesn't and just booting it, it. or handballing forward. Uh, that'll suit. But that's just something to, to be a bit more mindful of. And so many co- teams now with new coaches. Bombers have Brad Scott. What's going to happen there? Ross the boss arrives at Saints. Yeah. There's a few. What do you forget fantasy? What do you where, just where do you expect St Kilda to be this year? I think they'll be at the lower end, won't they? I think Especially so. with Maxi King uh, for a big chunk. But I think they'll be at the lower end. Mm. As much I love, do love Ross the boss as. It's well known. And then just the final one, which is no surprise to anyone in terms of learnings for those team, those players who got the big jump. A lot of it came on the back of them getting a jump in CBA. So CBAs are still the key. And uh, the season guide goes in a bit more detail than in the past about how that CBA correlates with their scoring. And outside of a Jaden Short and a Jack Crisp, who a bit of anomalies, how they actually yeah. dropped in output when they were playing in the midfield, you want to find players who are playing more midfield. So this time of year when you're starting to get your match simulation and pre-season notes, all that coming through, you want to be yeah. tracking who's getting those centre bounces at training and who's playing, training in that midfield group because that's is, is always going to be the, the biggest key to someone's potential output in fantasy. I'm just quickly looking at one already straight away. It's going to be cheapest chips. A little Josh Ward at Hawthorne. They, they have zero midfielders. Yeah, he'll be getting every opportunity. And he, fi- he finished the season with 34, 26, 24, 26. Just the question is, a, te- mind you, I did mention the top two of the top three teams in AFL were bad fancy players. So who's to say the bottom teams aren't going to score? But you just feel like Hawks are going to get beaten by that much so often next year. It's gonna be they that, won't be that bad. They're going to be that bad, aren't they? They're going to have to be that bad. They won't be great, but they won't be that bad. So Josh Ward comes in price at 72, I think his last post-buy, he averaged 89, so that's your 17, 18 points. That's a tricky one. You're going to need him to get 98 to be 
worthwhile around that price of mid-only. But we go into a lot more of that stuff once we go PLA-specific. So in that, uh, that third podcast of, of January, we'll be going into PLA requests. We'll submit a, uh, a Twitter poll, an email. We're, we're not doing 4,000 of them again. No, we'll do the most popular ones yeah. who've been asked. But Paul Selb goes through them. There's 8,000 players. But early best 22 uh, picks, that's going to be yep. the next podcast in a week or so. If you want to know about all the 8,000 players, you, the season guide, we... We go through all of, all of them, all 800 of them, uh, all the stats you need. As I said, enhanced stats, we've added in there, what they need to average to go up a certain amount of price to be a worthwhile pick, comments on them, made it shorter, uh, option to be shorter. So if there's people who like reading every profile, some uh, buy it on draft day, so it's, there's like a, a one-sentence summary on each of them, plus yeah. a few little short little ways for you to filter it through to, to enhance as much as possible. So looking forward to that getting out early Feb, but you'll hear from us in the... Uh, in the coming week or so with the uh, the early best 22. I'm going to hit you with one straight away. What mm-hmm. play have you got in the headlights? What one gives one name that's sitting at the tip of your tongue. Is a good player. Just someone just someone that you, you, you kind of... I reckon Darcy Parrish will have a good year. Oh, OK. He ruined yours last year. Which <laughs> oh, that's why I traded him. <laughs> <laughs> got injured and then with a late withdrawal or some shit. But yeah. uh, that's it. It was more just today. Intro, welcome, happy new year to everyone. Uh, get back into the into the mold. Swing of things. We go. We'll uh, we'll speak to you in, in a week. Hopefully by then the game's open, we can start really talking some more specifics. But uh, feel free to send us a a message or a, a tweet if you want to hear some things or some news newsletter topics over the preseason. But mm. uh, look forward to a, a big year ahead. And you can pre-order again, of course. Starlight gifts. Uh, what, what's it called? Sorry again. Wishes. 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 Mirrorsmagic.com.au. Alrighty. Cheers, guys. Magic.